Hello and welcome back to Tea Break Transformation. I'm your host Celeste, co-founder of NutriCoachDiet.com. This is episode 43, Cravings. So in today's episode, I wanted to take some time to discuss cravings. Um, We'll be looking at what they actually are, what causes them, and what we can do to beat them. So what is a craving? I think it varies person to person, um, the actual experience of having a craving. But at its core, it's this fundamental desire to have something. It's a sudden compulsion, and it's usually for something that's very specific. Um, It's usually consuming, and it takes over your complete thought process. It's all you can think about until you get that thing that you're craving. It's almost like it's calling to you. But in reality, you're not actually hungry when you really think about it. You don't have the usual hunger cues. You know, you're probably not lightheaded. Um, You don't have um, the rumbling tummy, you know, you don't have all the usual hunger cues. You just have this weird drive to have whatever it is that you're craving. And it feels like unless you have it, nothing can actually satisfy it. So you keep being pushed and pushed towards this craving. Now, your body is a really complex thing. It's constantly processing all kinds of information, going in and out, uh, making sense of data from all kinds of different sources, um, from your external environment, the internal environment. Um, And sometimes things can get a little bit jumbled up, especially when it comes to food, because research actually shows that we have a second brain inside of our digestive tract, um, it's, it's part of something called the enteric nervous system. And it basically means, um, in its simplest form, that our thoughts and our feelings can have a profound effect on our digestive system. So, for example, people who get um, upset stomachs when they get stressed out, that's an example of the enteric nervous system at work. Now, most of the cravings we have are shaped by hormones and other chemical substances that carry information around the body. So they tend to be quite specific and vary person to person. So sometimes when things get a little bit jumbled up in the body, we end up believing that eating a certain food will in some way change something for us. It might make everything better um, because when we eat, um, our body releases happy hormones, so serotonin and dopamine. And 90% of serotonin can actually be found within your digestive tract. So eating is the best way to release it. When we eat, we end up relaxing and we almost get a little high from it. Just the action of actually moving your jaw can even stimulate the serotonin release. So it makes it really easy to see why we feel so compelled to eat and how eating can become a big issue for people, particularly from an emotional perspective. But the issue is, we usually crave things that are less than good for us. And this is where the food manufacturers end up taking advantage. I don't know anyone that has has come to me saving they crave broccoli. Um, Usually it's chocolate, it's sugary, fatty, salty foods. Um, And this is what the food manufacturers play on. Um, They know that these are the things that we we crave. They have an understanding of the psychology of it and how it works. And they put these things into their processed foods so that you end up eating it and you want more and more. But this is the issue because this is all psychological. And this is a hunger that can't actually be satisfied. No matter how much you eat of this crappy food, 
you're never going to be physically satisfied. You can eat and eat and eat until you are sick and you still won't be satisfied. And in terms of um, how we actually perceive food as well, when we eat these crappy junk foods, they change the way you taste things. They change your palate, meaning you end up wanting more and more um, in an effort to actually satisfy that craving because they essentially be, your taste buds essentially um, become numb to things. Um, they become numb to the amount of sugar. If you are a person who used to have loads of sugar in your tea and then you stop drinking it, and let's say you went a period of, I don't know, six months without having any sugar in your tea, if you were to then have a cup of tea with it in, it would taste so unbelievably sweet because your taste buds have actually reset themselves um, and they're now able to process the amount of sugar in that tea, whereas before you probably couldn't even taste it. And this is where the food industry gets us. They just work off of this and we keep grabbing for the sugar-laden crappy stuff. We want more and more and more. Now, occasionally you might find yourself craving something because your body is actually deficient. Um, you might need something extra. So um, a woman craving chocolate may mean you're slightly deficient in magnesium. But the craving itself isn't helpful because rather than going for a real high quality dark chocolate, you're going to grab the sugar, sugar laden crappy stuff and eat that instead. So whilst cravings can be a sign of something, they're not actually helpful and they're definitely not an excuse to give in to them. But what we can do is learn to work past your cravings. Um, so the first step in that is understanding that it is purely psychological. It is not a physical hunger. And this awareness is necessary because once you have an awareness, you can start to figure out what the triggers are, what causes a particular craving, um, when you tend to get it, um, you know, what external situation is creating that. And once you know that, once you can recognize the trigger, you can then meet it with an alternative. So if we go back to the chocolate thing, we know we're going to get a particular craving for, for chocolate um, at a particular time or in a particular situation. So we can then choose to keep that high quality 85% dark chocolate in the house instead of the dairy milk so that when it does happen, we've got a better option. We can also work to change our palates by selecting better quality, minimally processed food, which in itself will go a long way to reducing cravings. Because um, as I've said, when you eat a lot of processed junk food, you tend to want more and more and more of it to satisfy um, what you what you can't can no longer taste. Whereas when you're eating um, whole foods, that doesn't happen so much. Then we can look at things like distraction techniques. What could you do instead of eating? What would benefit you uh, and be something that you could actually be proud of? So, for example, let's say we wanted some cake. What if instead of eating the cake, we distracted ourselves by smashing out 20 squats, 20 press-ups, you know, that kind of stuff. And by the time you've actually got through that, chances are you will have forgotten that you actually wanted cake. And instead, you can then go and admire yourself in the mirror because you look good from exercising. Let's say you want a drink after a bad day. Well, what could you do instead of having a drink? What else could make you feel better? What if we, we run a bath and we read a chapter from your favourite book? 
that's going to have the same comforting effect as a drink, but you're going to be expanding your mind rather than expanding your waistline. So you can congratulate yourself on choosing a better um, option there. You can also um, do things like chewing gum or um, snacking on raw vegetables because that will get the jaw working, um, which, as I said earlier, releases the serotonin. So you'll have the same effect there without having to go off on a binge eating um, whatever it is you're craving. So all that sort of stuff that we can start to apply. And if that doesn't work and it really doesn't go away and you're being absolutely plagued by this craving then you can have a small bit of whatever it is, but you need to do it in a way that is controlled. So make sure you only get one piece rather than having the whole cake in the house. You would just bring one piece in. You'd be sure to eat it really slowly and be fully aware of everything you're experiencing, the texture, the taste, the smell, what it's making you feel. And in that way, um, you're going to become more aware and you're less likely to then go and try and get a second, third, fourth piece. So that's pretty much it for today. Um, Your call to action is to have a go at doing a craving diary. Um, So keep a diary, write down what your craving is, and then what situation has actually triggered it. From there, you'll be able to create a pattern, you'll be able to see what triggers what craving, and then start applying the things that we've discussed here to beat the cravings. Now, if you have any questions on any of it, just feel free to send me an email or contact me from the website. Make sure when you're on the website, you read the um, show notes from the blog. And whilst you're there, if you're actually a local lady, um, so you're from the Leicester area and you fancy working with us, book yourself a free trial and we can start getting you into the best shape of your life and we can start looking at how to, to beat your food issues, how to beat your cravings, all this kind of stuff. I'll be there to help you with it. So book yourself in for a trial um, and then I'll be in touch with you shortly. So for the podcast, that's it. I'm going to be back next week with another episode. So make sure you start that cravings diary and let me know how it goes.